0: Hey listen up Yeah we here and
1: we locked in Let's keep it going all the way to the top ten We feel the turtle so it's no other option Fred and Ryan just watch them Let's take it to the map. It's the shell and tell They come with all the facts It's the shell and tell Let's take it to the max It's the shell and tell They come with all the facts It's the shell and tell What's up Terp fans? Fred, Ryan, and Ahmed back for yet another edition of the Shell and Tell podcast. I'm fired up. You fired up Terps. Wrap up a hell of a home season on senior day at Xfinity with a big win over number 21 Northwestern today. So we're going to discuss what's been behind the team's success this season and everything that's been a magical run so far. And then we're going to look ahead. We'll look a little bit ahead at the big tourney. We'll look pretty far ahead at March
0: Madness and hell, let's look really ahead to see who can come back next year.
2: <laughs> and, and after we wrap up the basketball segment, we'll hit on a few mailbag questions and then take a dive into football with spring ball of flea one month out from a uh, uh, spring ball. Oh my God. That's hard to believe. Yeah. It's, football, uh, one month away
1: from getting things off. Wow. It's crazy. It snuck,
2: snuck up on us.
1: Yeah. Unreal. Well, we got to start with the the hottest team, uh, pretty much in the Big Ten right now. The hottest team on campus, twenty and nine now overall. The Terps men's basketball team, eleven and seven in the Big Ten, uh, finish a perfect ten and zero at Xfinity in Big Play after their huge win today over Northwestern, seventy five to fifty nine. In my opinion, their most complete team win of the year uh we're obviously going to talk a little bit about purdue and the big win that that was because we haven't been on the air in over two weeks so we got a lot to go through um again in my opinion the hottest team in the big over the last 10 going eight and two uh since their tough loss on the road in purdue
0: well you said the hottest team on campus that's the one that's hard to argue is like clearly they do not lose at home so they are the hottest (laughs) team on campus unfortunately they give us just too many road games let's just play them all at home (laughs)
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, you you have to be uh, honest, though. I mean, if you look at this Maryland team, uh, the way that they've kind of turned the corner this last month um, gives you a lot of confidence, and I started to kind of look at the Big Ten just as a landscape overall. You know, the way that Purdue's kind of sliding, in my opinion. I think there's a host of teams, you know, Rutgers, Michigan, Iowa. I think there's uh, Michigan State. I kind of view them all collectively, and you know, I think Maryland's kind of, you know, maybe peaking at the right time. So uh, definitely, obviously, being able to string together these wins and uh, to, to finish the home slate of your conference schedule undefeated is a hell of a hell of an accomplishment.
0: You got a lot of yeah, seniors man, sure. with the back against the wall mentality versus the freshmen at Purdue that have kind of hit that wall, like the ceiling of what they can do in their first year. So it's a it's a good spot to be
1: in when they're all lining up. Yeah, I mean, they, like you said, they're firing on all cylinders. They're playing hot at the right time. It, it has been a bit of a roller coaster, I will say, the last week and a half. You had the emotional high and energy that came off the big win versus Purdue at home, and the whole court rush and everything that was about that. I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about that 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 uh, big win and our experience there uh, at Xfinity. Then you had the, the the disappointing showing on the road in Nebraska dante scott i mean had an absolute awful game worst game as a terp (laughs) that game, in my opinion could not hit a shot um and then you had the nice ass kick in return winning xfinity over minnesota dante bounces back scores 18 shooting seven for nine from the field uh and then obviously the big big win today over a top 25 so again it's been a a roller coaster of a week and a half of emotions
2: yeah uh and I I kind of felt just kind of going into the Purdue game that, you know, even though that, you know, obviously Maryland unranked versus a a top five opponent, um, it it felt different than maybe I kind of viewed it in past years where it felt like, oh, like Maryland has to get this. Oh, like they, they need to, you know, like that it has to be their night like i didn't really feel that going into the purdue game and i felt that you know maryland has shown just especially on defense i think that they've kind of been pretty consistent all season uh with just how good that they've been how disciplined that they've been whether in the half quarter or full court i mean i think that's been probably one of my my biggest um what i've enjoyed watching the most but yeah uh, it just feels like this maryland team has a has a real chance to go in it uh every every night really
0: yeah the The win at Purdue, as Ahmed called it, it was 10 years to the day after the Duke game. That was a really cool coincidence. We looked ahead. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, we should just look at scheduling from now on, refuse all schedules that don't put the top team on that day. (laughs) Like, that's this is this just says to be a a tradition at Maryland where we rush the court
1: on said day. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was was their first upset of an AP top five team since 2016. Uh, Like you said, 10 years to the day over the big win over Duke uh it was just it was again a, a complete game uh the energy of the crowd there that the, i'll let you kind of go on this ryan because i know you're you're <laughs> you hold the crowd to a very high standard this game we had a, an interesting perspective uh we obviously we have those what are they called what do they call the tickets ryan terra pass uh, they, i think it is
0: the mo- we've pass, i got right. season tickets and they move every game it's, a, it's been a great right. deal i like it a lot <laughs>
1: So I think our tickets were supposed to be up in one of the corners of this get for this game, uh, but we ended up meeting up with a good friend of the show, Brendan, and and ended up sitting in the Miller Lite nah, uh, Bud deck Light area, which is or Bud Light. I'm Bud sorry, light. <laughs> we're not sponsored, so I'm not apologizing. We're whatever, Bud Light deck. <laughs> hey Miller, if you want to sponsor us, we'll call it the Miller light deck from now on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Behind the the uh, the one basket, and we ended up sitting there for the entire game. It was actually a really cool view. Uh, the, the again the the energy of the crowd there was was intense. You had beer right next to you, so if you needed a beer, it was good. So if you want, if you haven't checked that out at Xfinity yet, it's actually a really cool spot to sit
0: yeah the last game actually uh ellis was up there the whole m club was having their day so it was jam-packed you weren't getting a seat in the bud light deck that day but uh it's a it's a cool little spot to hang out good view of the things and just it's more of what maryland needs to be able to bring it as a destination and not just people watching games get people in there so that when it is a great
1: game they do pay attention they do get loud
2: right make make it an experience so uh, yeah to,
1: to them yeah and just the again the the crowd and the, the intensity behind it when we went on that big run in that game it was like a twenty nine to four run we shot eleven to fourteen Purdue went, went, went one for ten I think during that stretch uh, it was just it was incredible man it was it was clutch threes from Hart Jameer's top of the arc with only six seconds left on the cock. I mean it was just it was one thing after the other and then even though dante had been struggling late hit the game clincher three that you called uh, off glass I will say that it was off glass. I don't know if he called it uh, with like 120 to go in the game, man. It was just uh, all things went right in that game for the Terps. Everything felt right, man.
0: I mean, ever since the Patrick Emelian dunk, the breakaway that like lit the place yeah. on fire. I know you said you went back and watched, and really the turn was the was the uh, uh, technical foul, but in the moment in yeah. the game, what actually felt like the turning point was the Patrick Emelian dunk, the timeout, the hitting the rock and roll part two, and letting you just saw that like they were trying to get together, they were trying to like you know get their themselves contrary to, and there's 17 18 thousand people screaming at them and they're looking around at the crowd and stay up, paying attention to the whiteboard and the coach so it, it's a it's a weapon it really is an absolute weapon these coaches call these 30 second timeouts to try to take the crowd out of it on these runs and you're calling a timeout and it's like the most exciting thing the crowd does the whole game you're not taking us out of it this just took us to another That's level great. your timeouts are useless now you <laughs> <laughs> right
2: yeah and and i thought you know just being able for for maryland obviously when you know you talked about the Emilian uh dunks sparking that run uh the 18 point lead for maryland ended up being Purdue's largest deficit of the season i think that uh obviously you know they they played northwestern uh a few days before that they they had uh obviously the indiana game uh this past weekend but uh yeah i, I just think you know it was a just kind of an all-around effort uh and just that second half second half dominance um just again it's kind of the the latest uh Tip and 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 uh, Kevin Willard's cat for um you know just what the, his coaching job this season.
1: Yeah, I, and like I said, that, that was my first experience to see a court rush live. I've never been a part of. It. I know Ryan, you've done some of the field rushes. field in rushes. Yeah, that's my first court uh, rush. Actually, yeah. yeah. First, first. I court didn't rush join. Cool. I, we I didn't... thought about it. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> I will tell you it right that, now. I'm gonna I'm gonna get ahead of this. I'm going on one more field rush. I know I'm too old for it. My seats are too damn good. I've been waiting too damn long. So when we rush the field again, I'm going as an old man. That it's going to be on ESPN. Like why is this old man on the field? I don't care. I'm saying it right now. I'm doing it one more time. And the rest are for the kids from here on out. I've been waiting too
1: long. (laughs) That's exactly why I didn't even bring it up during the game. I'm like I'm 40 years old. I shouldn't be down there. Football. I will do it one more time. but it it was it was really cool to see i mean those fans what was kind of funny is i mean they bought in early and you saw the fans kind of getting close and getting down towards the the court with probably what three or four minutes left to go in the game like it it got you know still to me it was still a little nerve wracking like i've seen weirder things happen and worse things happen specifically with this basketball team it it was the Um, most
0: organized thing i've ever seen 20 year olds do actually it was really impressive guys (laughs) congratulations it was also confusing at first because there were the handful of weird that were running to their cars behind us because we were in the Bud Light deck so we could right. see like the exits and like the hallways. And so they were leaving. I'm like, what are you leaving for? This is an epic moment. So then I see yeah. the stands kind of empty and I'm like, why is everyone leaving? And then I see that everyone's just piled on top of each other in the corners. I'm like, oh, okay, they're not leaving. They're moving. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs>
2: Mobilizing, and yeah. and I, I thought also kind of a credit to, to Kevin Willard at the end of the game there. Uh, when he, I think he called it for what was it a couple seconds early so that Purdue could get their guys off yeah. off the floor, um, to essentially kind of save themselves from the Maryland fans <laughs> storming yeah. the court. And it, it kind uh, of so that was
0: just, it was a good classy move, but it did take a little steam out of the out of the building for for a second. But we got it right back.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's fair. I, honestly, I I wouldn't be mad if that. That kind of maybe sets a precedent for. You know what needs to to be done moving for forward for safety. That kinda, yeah, yeah yep. just kind of helps elevate or um, reduce any potential for Put- any anything but how do you feel as you? the
0: Purdue players so you took off all your people that you didn't want to get hurt and you didn't want to get suspended for doing something stupid <laughs> and you're the guy left and on you the court. leave yeah. the guys <laughs> on the court how do you like how do you look at your coach in the face like oh you're cool if I get trampled like I, like, like, that's a whole different it's a whole <laughs> I'll world take the bullet for the team. I, I would <laughs> love to see that conversation like oh you did not want me to play all year
1: but you want me to go out there and get trampled for you <laughs> uh-huh <laughs> That's you gotta earn your scholarship. Right? <laughs> it's one way to earn it, I guess. Uh but man, it was it was just a really cool thing to see. Uh they had that entire court covered. I mean, you couldn't see Stupid, a board of wood anywhere. It was, it was pretty impressive. Uh, but speaking of impressive, today the big win against Northwestern on senior day, 75 to 59. Yeah, it was a pull-away victory uh, at the end, but let me tell you, this Northwestern team is a good basketball team. They're very disciplined. They're very well coached. You know, The Terps shot 73%, I think, from three in the first half, which is a complete anomaly, but yet it was only a two-point lead at half. So in my head, I'm thinking this team's not going to shoot the ball anywhere near this in the second half, and we're not going to be able to keep up with them because they were matching us bucket for bucket in that first half. Uh, but again, Terps end up pulling it away uh in the second half and winning a a big game.
2: Yeah. I mean, I thought Chase Odige was kind of unstoppable. I mean, there were a couple of plays yeah. even where Jameer Young was step for step with him in his face, uh, and he was just lights out. Um, I mean he yeah, he was a big reason why. I think Marion kinda of struggled inside a little bit, just getting a body on thirty-four there. Um but yeah, I mean, obviously, once they settled in, it was uh, it was kind of just a, a runaway, like we said. I uh, think yeah. kind of just offensively what they were able to do, and you know, I had to to Don Carey. I think you know, it was kind of just a big, big day for him yeah. to kind of officially break out of that shooting slump. So I think that maybe uh, is a is a uh, welcomed storyline from this from this win.
1: Yeah, absolutely. this team becomes stupid dangerous if Don Carey becomes a factor. Yeah. yeah. Absolute magic Stupid day for ages. Carey. Second leading
0: scorer with 13, four for seven from three. Really a magic day from three, period. You had five different players shoot over 50% from three. This is a team that we've had <laughs> shoot 13% this year. Like, it's, how does this yeah. happen all in one day? <laughs> they shot 73% yeah. from three in the first half, eight of 11. Unbelievable that they can. This is the same team we talked about that went, what was it three for 21 or three for 24 or whatever I the know. ridiculous stats yeah. were earlier in the year? We, How are these the we same said it Early in the
1: year, live and die by the three point shooter. It was just everything, but it was, was die, 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 die. And now we're living. I, <laughs> now we're living right Uh, well, we're living at the right time of the year as we start heading in towards tourney time and all that stuff but man i'll be honest with you i went to this game today a little hungover i had a few alcoholic (laughs) beverages last night and that energy carried me through those threes carried me through because the crowd was intense uh was involved in every shot i mean it was it was a really fun game to be at um again you you could sense that that the importance of this game that the fan base actually knew how important that this game was uh, and what it meant. And again, when this team can come out firing the way that they did all five starters scored in double figures in this game, they've done it four times a season in 29 games, Northwestern and Minnesota back-to-back these last two and earlier in the year versus Ohio state and, and Miami. They're only four times they've done it this game or this year. Uh, it's a really, really impressive game all the way around.
0: And that brings us to this clip of Fred BLBS singing karaoke last night. Oh, no.
1: Just kidding. Oh, <laughs> I
0: just want to see his face.
1: Oh, God. I legit <laughs> thought you were going to do it. <laughs> I mean, i own it. Listen, I, I, I had quite a few. And, uh, yeah, somebody told me I should get up there, and I did. And I had a good time with it. And Whatever what song are you sing, Fred? <laughs> <sighs> gangsta's paradise i I did damn well i had quite the posse following after that it was a fun night to say the least oh man oh good
0: times (laughs) on and off the court for all
1: (laughs) absolutely absolutely uh and and it was again it was senior day uh kind of a a storybook ending uh at xfinity for the seniors couldn't have took it you couldn't have i mean willard does such a good job of just being aware of things yeah, he took the time out to sub in a million to make sure that all five of them were on the court, which set up the, the, the all five curtain call at the exit. And as they're coming off, you kinda got that vibe that they were standing there like Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? <laughs> That's how the fan base felt, man. I mean, it was just an an impressive showing all around. Again, Emelian did what Emelian does all year long. Look at the stat sheet. Nothing's going to impress you, but he played great defensive ball and he was around the ball and, and moving things uh, which made the he's, offense flow great. He
0: is what I've been asking for. We've talked about unsung it. Hero. He's unsung hero. He's at least Checo, maybe a little plus with his defense. It's unbelievable defense. He hits free throws. He even hits threes, which I don't know where that's came from lately. But recently, I think he's like three for four from three. Like I don't,
2: I told you, know, I spread out over ten games. But <laughs> uh, he's, he's, yeah. he's he's doing great. He's doing great. I mean, Maryland wouldn't be where they're at today if not for Patrick Millian. I think if you look at anyone, I think, you know, everyone can make the argument. Yeah, Jameer Young has lived up to the expectations. Shakeem Hart has been arguably the the second scorer for this team. Uh, uh-huh. Julian Reese has really stepped up second half of the season. But I think Patrick Millian has been the uh, really the X factor in Maryland needing to win to, to be successful through Big Ten play. Because at the end of the day, I mean, you know, Julian Reese, you know, he's struggled with it in games inconsistently just with foul trouble and whatnot, and Emilian has had to fill in those minutes, you know, whether it's the latter half, uh, latter minutes of the first half or, you know, crucial minutes in the second half, midway through, um, to just kind of fill that. And it's never felt like a true four-on-five where uh, it has been with other, you know, in the past, with with other, you know, bench players. Um right. And, you know, not, not, not to say that, you know, a is, you know, you know that you can go to him every single time in the post, but um, you know that if he, if he needs to, yeah, he can still exactly. hit the mid range or whatnot. And, you know, he's able to um, kind of always been able to, to, outperform the stat box, uh, whether it's on the boards. Um, and you, so again, you look at Maryland sizes here, we haven't really talked about it much the last two months of the season because, you know, guys, Julian Reese stepped up, but again, also Patrick Amelia. So so um, I think you, you guys touched on it, Willard, just being able to do all the right things, but I think he's also done a really good job just kind of maximizing uh, the, these this roster skill set.
0: And yeah. with that step-up, Julian has also stepped up in not getting in foul trouble. So Emilian is not being used yeah. now in the emergency backup role. He's being used in the role Willard would like to use him in. He puts him in there with him sometimes. He puts him in there in relief. Right. He puts him in there when he wants to use him instead of, oh, crap, Juju has three already. Like, it's it's really good. Right. So you can see a difference now in the product production when he gets to be used how Willard wants him instead of the only center we have behind Juju <laughs> instead of...
1: Right. Well, you mentioned difference. Right. And that's kind of one of the things that I wanted to talk about on this week's show is what's been the difference with this team, especially as of late. Right. Uh, I mean, the most consistent thing, I think, all year long, you talked about it earlier, uh, Ahmed, defense, defense, defense. They have been a great defensive team all year long. I think that sits 1A and 1B with obviously Jameer Young's play, you know, is probably the most consistent part of what this team's been able to do week in and week out, game in and game out. Uh, and I think a name that nobody knows or not how many people know six foot 10 Grant Grant Billmeyer. Uh Who's that? Right. That's the assistant coach that Willard's yeah. big man expert, man. He uh, he came over from Seton Hall with Willard. Uh, And he's kind of the big man guru. And you're seeing it on the court and his effect that he's had on Juju. Because again, I'll be the first one to say it. I was questioning Juju in the beginning of the year and his play in the beginning of the year. What's night and day from where it was before that Purdue game, the first Purdue game to where it is now. Uh, And I think a lot of credit goes to Grant.
2: Yeah, and I think when you kind of look back, um, I think that maybe the Purdue game, even though or at Purdue when Maryland lost, um, you know, you're going to you're going up against Dak Eady, who's one of the best college basketball bigs in the country, um, and and Rees more than held his own on both ends of the on both ends of the floor, um, and then you know around the same time they played indiana Trey jackson davis again one of the top big men in the country and julian reese was able to, to hold his own again find success on both ends of the, on the floor um so i think maybe that that kind of maybe helps spark some confidence um and then obviously i think dante scott's also kind of been able to help a little bit uh, in the wins when he's able to, to to kind of just find a little bit more offense uh i know that nebraska game going two for 16 uh he was able to kind of bounce back from that today yeah, yeah
0: the, the Nebraska game was one thing but honestly yes was Minnesota his bounce back but being there it didn't feel like it was going to happen the reason they were 18-18 in that like first early part of that game was because Dante was playing just as bad at the beginning of the Minnesota game as he was at Nebraska he had a travel call he had a weird turnover where he was trying to do a two foot shovel past a heart that went for two points the other direction and I'm like what is wrong with Dante and something clicked and he looked like the Dante he's always been he- and that's when we
1: went on that run took over he's 100 percent a confidence player and you could tell he was pressing some in, in those games and when he starts off on the wrong foot it's just usually do you a, remember the play, play that he broke, he broke out on on out the play that he broke One. out on was
0: a uh, was on the minnesota game he, he was playing terrible and then the shot clock was expiring and th- he threw up a th- a circus trick shot oh, just yeah. a nothing like yep. shouldn't have came anywhere near the basket and buried it at the buzzer and from then on he played like lights out dante 100 percent, that was a right. confidence booster he felt the swag come back and it was a different man from that play on and you know that was you know of course it takes skill to do that but there's an awful lot of luck when your elbow's in the wrong spot your hands in the wrong spot and you're flailing and you're sinking it <laughs> at, the, at the zero all right so <laughs> but right. yeah, it's a, that was the absolute turning point in that game and they took off
1: yeah, and we talked about Juju and stuff. I just wanted to bring up the stats just so you could see the difference in what he's done, especially over these last four games, right? He's averaging right where I thought he would be, right? When in the beginning of the year when we were doing our predictions and I said he would be that double-double kind of guy. over his last four games, remember, this is in Big Ten play. He's averaging 12.7 points a game, 11.7 rebounds a game, Twenty-one and twelve versus Minnesota. Sixteen and sixteen versus Nebraska. Ten and nine versus Purdue and Ely. And twelve and ten today versus Northwestern. Uh, but I think the biggest key to those numbers is him staying out of foul trouble. Today he didn't have a single foul in the first half. I looked at the board. I'm like, is that right? Is that stat right? No fouls. He ended one foul. Right, exactly. And he played. He played the most minutes, minutes of his. Yeah, played thirty-three minutes. Most minutes of. Uh, Of the season in a game for him this today uh could he clean up his free throw shooting at times yeah that's that's been a little bit of an issue but outside of that i mean he's played a really really good basketball these last four games yeah
2: yeah uh, i think uh, i think just kind of with jameer young uh and 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 julian reese obviously i mean just being able to have that high low attack uh and the inside outside shooting a little bit obviously the outside shooting is a little bit uh, heated up a little bit more the last couple weeks but just be having guys like Kikeem Hard, Jameer Young, Dante, uh knowing that you can hit that and then obviously Julian being able to do that inside, I think that's been that's been huge. So, um yeah, uh I think I think he's he's kind of given Maryland some some confidence down low.
0: That's the only thing they didn't do well today was shoot free throws. That was every, everything else. The team, every stat looks wow. amazing today. They had 63% from the
1: free throw line and everything else was gorgeous. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I won a uh, $400 parlay today on the Maryland game, which I have consistently bet on parlays for Maryland. And I have lost every single bet this year. But today I hit it and it took Julian's last free throw for me to fucking hit that. Oh, I man. was sweating it, man. I told my buddy Jaws. I, like, I can't even watch. I didn't watch it go. <laughs> and I just listened for the crowd's reaction. I was like, yes, "Oh, I'm that's so literally sad. the last yeah. thing I needed. Fred finally <laughs> got my
0: DraftKings to work so that I can see his bet, and I saw it today, and there's a little share arrow, so I was trying to see if it would let me bet on the same parlay as you, but all it lets me do is put in a text message. Like, that helps. So I did not follow up. No, you up. can I well, you I missed out. I tried to. Show you to do it. Do it. <laughs> You'll show me next time. But I 100% I was trying okay, exactly. to put on the same parlay bet. I'm glad you won, but I wish I would have won with you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was sweating it. Don't get, I was sweating I was like, it. all right, Fred did the work for program. me. I'll go, yeah. <laughs> I'll go in with him. <laughs> Uh, but you also mentioned Hakeem Hart, right? And this is guy, another one that's been really, really consistent for this team all year. Uh, but he has just been something special lately. Combined shooting 56% from the field over his last five, 12 of 21 from three, 57% from three. And it I looks mean, this, so that's, smooth. There's like, no- <laughs> again, <laughs> You get a Hakeem Hart shooting fifty percent from three and a Don Carey being half of what he was supposed to be. Yeah, give me thirty becomes really, yeah. really lethal. That's what I'm saying. If he's in that thirty percent range, I'm good with it. Anything we yeah. get from carry is a plus.
2: Yeah, I, I definitely think if Maryland's able to to get the three point shooting, uh yeah, you're you're making a pretty anyone. strong case that Meryl. Maryland- Maryland, obviously I think the tournament ends up being um, it's all gonna be matchup based. So, you know, it's hard to say yeah, with hundred percent certainty if they you know if they do, but you know, you're talking about a second weekend potential team. So uh so so um definitely definitely a welcome sight and you know, kind of like we we alluded to at the beginning, I think just everything that, that Maryland's doing uh, on all ends of the floor is just again, it's kind of peaking at the right time. So it's kind of the first time that Maryland fans have really seen this. So I think it's been uh, kind of a vote of confidence uh going into March. And you bring up the fans, right? So for me the Xfinity Center feeling like the advantage
1: it once was again. Ten and zero at home to me has been a big factor in this team's success this year. Is it to Ryan's standards yet? No, I get it. I think the tides turning. Many you know, of those Ryan, games were. Many of that. those games are. <laughs> I think you can. Minnesota admit was that. real sad, guys. Real sad, but everything else was awesome. <laughs> People are believing, but I I wanted to bring this up because. You know, when you're walking out of the stadium, it's it's a long truck back to the car, right? And and you're walking in a, a cluster of people going back. Uh, and it was, I was just kind of listening in on conversations through the students as I was walking through. And this is the kind of fans that we had at the game today. And I thought you would be kind of intrigued by this. I hear, what a game, what an experience. But now I got so much work to do. So there's a student that chose Going to the game, overdoing all the work, right? So they're starting to see a trend there. That's one. All these smart uh, people. This fan, is why I went
0: to Salisbury. It was I could just <laughs> I could just drink till the test was came and i will be fine. Get an A. <laughs> <laughs> totally different. Totally different school. Totally different demographic.
1: <laughs> I heard another fan yell, "This was so worth the two mile walk." Which one hundred percent, it's a mile, mile and a half walk for sure. <laughs> going out to that parking lot, uh, and then I also heard a fan say so will maryland make the march playoff thingy this year <laughs> so that goes to show you the different level of fans there march playoff Good. thingy that's mean, march the, that's the fan thingy. we need right there's 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 we it's a that's 16 million
0: person area we have we have 12 million people that don't know what the march madness thingy is called but if they want to go to a maryland <laughs> game every now and then we can fill that building on minnesota nights because we need more of them right. for minnesota because apparently the informed fans don't come to games like minnesota because we're supposed to win. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, but it has man. i mean obviously you're there for the majority of the games if not all the games right and and xfinity has just been on another level it's it's i'm not going to say it's quite late 90s early 2000s yet but again it is going in the right direction towards that
2: yeah uh, i think so and i think you know students obviously you know i think every year we're going to go through the lull with, with this, the, the winter break and you know just students not being able to, to come to games and things like that but yeah i mean i think you know students have, have, have shown up you know purdue game obviously was an electric atmosphere so um yeah you know you definitely make the case that you know when you're winning you know kind of it continues to attract fans and whatnot but uh i just think that the energy around the program and whatnot is kind of continuously elevated the the expectations and the just the the, the draw to maryland basketball so um, yeah definitely definitely feels good to to know that you're coming into xfinity and it's okay doesn't really matter who the opponent is maryland's at home they've got a shot to win this
0: and I want to go back to what we talked about earlier with the Maryland Terra Pass. Touch on that again. Like, this is a big yeah. win, guys. Like, a big win for me, a big win for Maryland. This is exactly what it was designed for. I promise you, Maryland has more of my money because of this Terra Pass than they were going to get. 100%. I was not going to go to eight games and... Buy all the food and drinks and all the ice cream that we now buy because we are, are 100% winning when we were buy ice cream and we lost the only game we did not buy ice cream at UCLA. So the Dairy Boys you hear, Maryland Dairy for the win is all the whole reason. The players have nothing to do with it. It's
1: all about fat guys
0: eating ice cream in Xfinity Center. You heard it here first. <laughs> But seriously, I kept the trend
1: going today, even without you there. I, I <laughs> ate the cookies and cream ice cream, which is delicious, by the way. Great. It's all made with cows, I think, that are on the university there, right? So it's uh it's it's a <laughs> the, pretty cool the thing. I program no me ice
0: cream. Let's go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, perfect! It's great. So, but- uh, and then obviously good.
0: But yeah, but but really, like it works out exactly how it's supposed to. They have more money of mine than I was gonna spend, and I yep. spent less per game than I ever would have if I would have bought these aftermarket. Like it, it's worked yeah. out exactly the way it's supposed to. They have more of my money, and I save money for the experience I got. That's the point. That's the whole point in bringing in things like this. That's the whole reason that we're talking about ninety nine upper deck tickets. You know, maybe this doesn't work. Maybe they need to do more of a Terra Pass type thing there. Maybe the ninety nine dollars tickets end up being a problem because away teams figure out that I could buy a season ticket and just go to a game for $99 and leave those seats empty. I don't know. We'll have to find out. But it could yeah. end up being great. And and seriously, if you're a home team fan that wants to buy $99 seat season tickets and just decide whether you're going to go to the Michigan or Penn State game, you can go to the rest for free because you can make that $99 on that one ticket and then go to the rest right. of the games for free. So get your butt in the stadium and party with your boys.
1: <laughs> that's right yeah so again the, the whole thing around xfinity the terra pass thing was a huge success rock and roll part two coming back was a huge success it's just again it's 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 been a fun fun year down at xfinity uh and then obviously the the biggest factor of them all it's the it's the kevin willard effect and what he's meant to this program in such a fast time credit to uh al Galdi, i think is that for this stat turgeon over 10 plus seasons as terps head coach went 19 and 41 in regular season games versus the AP top 25 teams. Kevin Willard in his first season as terps head coach is five and three versus AP top 25 teams. And Ryan, I know you saw yeah, a little bit deeper than that because it goes beyond
0: five and three. <laughs> yeah, I added some notes here. Two of those three losses were three point losses, one possession games. In fact, we had the ball and took the shot to go into overtime in both of those games. So it's a lot closer than even that record looks. And then let's not forget that currently Miami is a number 13 team in the country and we beat yep. them on a neutral court. adieu, not at home. Yeah. Um, at that time and they were undefeated them they beat w- everyone but us in their first 14 games they should have been ranked during that game so that record could be far better than what it is it's already great it's already way better than turgeon ever thought of and we are like six points away from it being eight and one <laughs> like that's that's unbelievable that's that's absolutely
1: unbe- we're six points away from being eight and one <laughs> yeah, this this isn't about a shitting on Turgeon thing. This is just uh, it was an eye opening stat to me. Again, this is in year one with a squad that he kind of had to throw Small together. I'll to, admit it. <laughs> yeah, he had to you know convince these guys to buy into the program that were still around. Had to get some guys in that transferred in, and it's just it's been the perfect brew of things that come together. And again, you're starting to see what the commitment you're getting from the players in effort. Uh, week in and week out, whether they win or they lose, you never question effort or quit in this team at all.
2: Yeah, I think that is completely it. You know, going into the season, I think everyone, you know, talked about, you know, just Willard, you know, when it came to, you know, fan appearance and just his public image for the program, you know, check mark, local recruiting, being able to get Jamie Kaiser, David Sean, Harris Smith, Jonathan Lamothe, you know, all local guys, all four stars, you know, check. A lot of the questions, you know, were still centered around, okay, you know, how is this team actually going to look? And I think in 95% of the facets, you know, every box has been checked off. Um. I think that, you know, we talked about last show, I believe who should be a big 10 coach of the year. And I said, you know, I think it should be Chris Collins. And at the time I said, well, you know, uh, especially after they followed up the Purdue win with a win against Indiana, I saw, you know, definitely just considering lose your top two players, you know, projected. I think they were second to last in the big 10. Um, but like it was pretty clear cut in my mind that it was going to be Chris Collins and Willard was going to finish out top three. But after today I thought about it, you know, obviously Maryland and Northwestern go head to head now. Um, that both programs have wins over against Purdue and Indiana. Um, And like you said, you know, Willard just being able to construct this roster so quickly uh, and and to be able to do that. um, I think, I don't know that it's 100% that Willard gets it, but I do think that today's win, the Purdue win, um, just as another validation that he should get it. Um, And even if he doesn't get Big Ten Coach of the Year, not that, you know, I just think that he has a very strong, legitimate case, even as a non-Maryland fan. Um, beyond that, uh, like we talked about everything that he's doing, the wins have, have come, obviously it's not just, you know, moral victories, uh, um, right. and, and how they're doing it and what they're doing when they're not on the court, you know, with the recruiting and whatnot, I think it's just kind of been a, been an A plus so far. Speaking of recruiting real
1: quick, and I'll let you finish too, Ryan. This just goes to speak of who Kevin Willard is and what he does today after yep. the big win. He was out recruiting at, at a high school championship game. I think it was St. Yep. Francis High School Championship yep. game, correct?
2: For, 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 for uh, Lamouth when they went the uh, MIAA championship. Yeah.
1: I mean, that if that doesn't speak volumes of who this guy is and what he means and his commitment to building a program, I don't know what does.
0: Well, yeah, i gonna jump ahead right here. Get it in the same spot. So Brendan Richardson has our mailbag questions tied right in here. So why don't we just get it? If we do okay. have Kevin Willard find a way to get us into the regular season champs, which basically means Purdue backed their way out of it. And we took care of business the next two games. So Purdue has to lose. We have to win. Is he the coach of the year? Is he a lock at your mind at that point? <laughs>
1: I, I said before he is, in my opinion. It, yeah, I mean, you could easily give it away to a team that 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 won the conference okay. But, I mean, if you're looking at expectations going to this team, they were picked 10th. They were picked to finish 10th, and they're currently sitting tied for second and had the tie breakers. Uh, and, again, if they finish out these last two games, which has been a challenge, I know both of these games are on the road uh, against Big Ten opponents in Ohio State and Penn State – if they can get those two wins and finish even second, even if they do finish behind Purdue, I think he wins. I don't. I know you you have the doubts because of him speaking his mind and and the Big Ten not liking. Should that, and that will two different words. Uh, yeah, I I personally think he should, and I think he will. That's my opinion.
2: Yeah, uh, if if Merrill wins the Big Ten. There's no doubt in my mind. I mean, I don't know how you don't pick Kevin Willard as the Big Ten coach of the year, but yeah, even now, I think I I think it's he's probably at worst two now. Uh, I think Chris Collins is the only other guy that really comes to mind. I mean, Matt Painter, you could have made an argument maybe two three weeks ago, but they're just sliding so hard. I think pretty clearly, Edie was the coach of the year there. (laughs) yeah i think uh well purdue i mean against indiana i mean they just shot uh the 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 second half they just couldn't hit anything um but yeah i I think willard definitely has that argument um yeah it, it will be interesting yeah, um, And again, it's just kind of the latest just evidence of him kind of surpassing expectations. You've got to
0: win these last two on the road, though, man. I mean, I know it feels comfy right now. You're sitting at second in the Big Ten, but there's a lot of teams jumbled up. You lose even one of these and you can drop to fifth. Like, it's not it's not comfy. Yeah, true. <laughs> I think there's seven,
2: seven, seven teams right now in the Big Ten that are separated uh, by one game. I think there's what, four at Unreal. Um, yeah, so four, four tied with Maryland right now, and then three one game behind. So, yeah, and us and Michigan you know, are the uh, only ones at eleven and seven, still unranked.
1: Hmm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's let's continue with the mailbag questions because you started it with Brennan's question, and we'll come back to some of the other questions we have. Okay. Uh, Matt Matt Dewhurst, Matt Dewey uh, from Twitter, messaging said size was an issue starting the year until Juju finally started to find his way a bit this month. How much of a concern is a big man playing? play moving into march and if juju continues to mature on the big stage what's the school of thought with him hitting the portal um <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. Ouch, that last
0: word made me hurt yeah you was such a fun I'll, question till then matt what are you doing
1: <laughs> i'll i'll open on this one so a couple of things i don't have the concerns as much about big men that i had prior because they've proven that they can play with the bigs in the Big Ten. They've done it. They've they've already done it. So I don't have the concerns about the big men. The only concern I really had was foul trouble, right? And if, if Juju can prove that he can stay out of foul trouble, so far these last couple games, he's proven that he can do that. So if that trend continues, I don't have the concerns. I think our bigs can play with those guys. Uh, and then as far as the portal question goes, I truly believe – If Juju was going to leave, he would have left at the beginning of this year. He gave Kevin Willard a chance to prove himself. uh, So he bought into Willard's kind of vision, and he's thrived in this program. So if if Juju's not with Maryland next year, I think it's because he went to the NBA. I don't think it has anything to do with the portal, in my
2: opinion. I agree with that. I mean, I think, you know, you kind of hit the nail right on the head in terms of, you know, the, the big, big man play being uh, obviously critical to Maryland's success in March. And uh, I think, you know, it's obviously, um, you know, just as much of a factor as it is three point gets three point shooting. Obviously if Maryland goes ice cold or, you know, if Maryland, if Julian Reese does get in early foul trouble, picks up two fouls, four minutes in the game. Yeah. It's going to be a, a huge, huge battle for Maryland to overcome, overcome. Um, but yeah i wouldn't be concerned about him hitting the portal um i think there'd be another season of him in college park i expect him to probably uh gauge his nfl or gauges nfl feedback or excuse me NBA, NBA feedback um it's like and the third uh, time we've I done think,
0: that we're all going to be clairvoyant he's going to end up as a wide I mean, receiver he, it's a different another to play tight end <laughs> yeah, another episode yeah, he, we did it even <laughs>
2: it's like another- <laughs> it's a, he um yeah, I think he'll he'll definitely you know have a good chance of coming back for another season. But um, you know, I think you know we 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 kind of talked about you know what Maryland how how Maryland was able to kind of turn their season around, not just kind of start peaking at the right time. And I think you know we all talked about how Julian Reese his play um, against the, the, the top big men in the country. Um, it kind of sparked that confidence so um yeah it's gonna be an integral part Uh, i think reese has kind of been doing a good job of uh being efficient inside and willard has been uh consistent in his praise for that so um see that being a huge point of emphasis over the last you know next month or so uh through the last uh two games of the regular season into uh big 10 tournament um and then you know we'll 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 see if if he's able to come back i think he'll uh he'll be able to anchor a really really talented roster
1: and I also think that Willard does a great job of time management with these guys when they do get into foul trouble, that you never see a guy get fouled out with too much time left in the game. I think he does a good job of, hey, when a guy gets two fouls early in the first half, we're sitting them until X amount of time, till under the four, whatever it is he feels comfortable with. I think he's done a really good job with that. Good, ahead, Ryan.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm feeling pretty confident because of two men, and we already talked about one of them, Grant Billmeyer. I mean, name me a big man on this team that's not exceeding their own expectations. You know, are they all world beaters? No. But now Juju is better than really we thought Juju would be, or at least as good. You got Patrick Million, we already talked about that's better than we thought he was going to be. The Canadian cessation, the few minutes he's had, he's better than we thought he was going to be. So the inside man is not really what I'm worried about. The future at Marsh Madness does determine between you need an average and above average it's all you need you need average three-point shooting and above-average inside play, or the reverse, average inside play with above-average outside play. That's how you win a game. It's a very simple math equation here. So I'm very confident we will have at least average, if not above-average big man play. I'm not as confident that this run of threes is going to continue. I'm very happy we're getting hot at the right time, but it is a much smaller sample size. The big men have been good since basically the second Michigan game, which if you look at the schedule, it's really the first time that these team had a break to be able to actually practice and not go game to game to game to game and get into this system. So I feel very confident that big men are who they say they are, whether Don Carey, big question mark, or Haim Hart, little question mark, are who they say they are recently. Those things are what worried me for why we could have early exits, not the big man play. And your thoughts on the portal. Uh, avoiding it I'm just gonna cry if he hits the portal again (laughs) if he decides that he wants to you know be Chris Wilcox and leave too soon and flare out in the NBA go for it Um, but I think he needs one more year and I think that this coaching staff has shown that they have helped him immensely they will continue to help immensely I didn't even mention the second person that that I want to talk about Kyle Tarp is uh, the other big part of all of this Maryland does not lose fourth quarters because of Kyle Tarp he has survived three coaching changes because of kyle tarp our big men get better because of kyle tarp so if he wants to stay here with grant billmeyer and kyle tarp and develop into a legit N- nba center and again the one thing that he has not shown this year that he used to show is the outside range and if you don't have outside range the nba has no use for you so you're gonna go to europe and play i, I don't He's got to play one more year, yeah. show the big he his inside game will be complete by the time this season's over because that's all they've been working on and then they can get back to having him hit some stretch threes and have his draft stock soar.
1: Yeah, I agree with all that, but the question was specifically towards the portal. He's with not going to the portal and I just he might make exactly, a dumb decision and go to Europe or the NBA he thinks, right.
0: but I I, I mean right. maybe there's unlimited money out there, but I I don't want to worry about the unlimited money. I like yeah. If, a, yeah, if a dude shows up on his front door with seven hundred thousand dollars, it is what it is. It's, it's just we can't worry about that now. Let's have fun till the end of this run. <laughs> I
1: just think if that was going to happen, it would have happened going into this year. In
2: my yeah. opinion, I think it's fair.
0: And um, the bags have gotten bigger now that, that he's it. proved who he is, though. The
1: bags <laughs> yeah, right. are bigger That's elsewhere. It's <laughs> true. I get that. I get that. Uh, And then the last question that we had in the mailbag came from Isaac Foot. Actually, on our last pod, he had commented on our YouTube video, said, what out of conference opponent would you guys like to see the most? He said, for me, it's West Virginia because I can't stand Bob the Slob Huggins. And I think they are exactly on Maryland's level and would be the most willing to schedule us because the Carolina teams just duck us. So, OK, I want to extend this out is, real quick, it, it, both for so when you answer this, Fred,
0: let's do for yeah. the matchup you'd like to see in the NCAA tournament. And then you can also say if you want to schedule out next year the way he asked it. But since we're going into the okay. NCAA tournament matchup, that might be a fun, you know, second answer here.
1: So I just thought he was talking in general, like what out of conference opponent would you like for the future is the way I read it more and all that. Yeah. And, and obviously the dream scenario is getting back to that Maryland versus Duke thing. But like you said, the Carolina teams tend to duck us. Right. Um, I think for me, uh, if you're talking out of conference, you want a team that's going to be the most impactful long-term, uh, and I would think Villanova, for me, would be that team because they're constantly in the Final Four. They're always in the in the thick of things. They're really close to home up in PA, right? So a lot of players in that DMV area end up going to Villanova. You need to be playing against teams that are, that are in the thick of things all the time, uh, and if you can show you can compete with them or even beat them, I think that has a long-term impact um but in the tournament yeah it would be the the matchup with duke if somehow we ended up finishing out in that like i don't know that that seven eight matchup where we end up playing against duke that would be awesome um i know we talked about that on the last week's show
2: yeah uh i'm gonna give a lame answer and i'm gonna piggyback exactly off that because obviously if you can't do the carolina schools um Though I was trying to think of you know teams that you're going to battle with in recruiting, and I was thinking, you know, Maryland's gone up against Indiana a couple times already, but you know, you're already playing them in conference games. Villanova, you're you're going up against them. Um, and obviously, you went up the marijuana up against them for just Harris Smith. Um, right, and I, I think that would be an intriguing one. Um, if not, maybe maybe a, maybe a UVA even. Uh, I mean, I I I just think that at the end of the day, you're going to be battling or georgetown when they hire the yeah. new coach next year because let's be real i mean how the hell is patrick ewing still there <laughs> i but, no uh, it's i mean it's a joke we, we roll around a long time <laughs> yeah dude they are awful awful yeah. um but yeah so i think maybe if if you know once they hire their first year coach i think yeah maybe it'd be kind of cool to schedule them in year one and then you know weller to, to kind of stomp on them and say hey you know we're, we're still big brother um but yeah i think actually think duke in the tournament would be amazing because one we know we're never going to get that in, in the regular season right and two this is a maryland team that 110 can beat duke uh i would yep. say north carolina but at the end of the day north carolina Probably isn't making the tournament right now. Even no. after the Virginia win, uh, is terrible them on the first four so, out. Which I I agree, they're just not a. They not should a good not team be in, but, but they will get in. The re- same reason Willard will <laughs> Willard
0: should win the coach, but won't. The UNC's name's too big to leave off the the TV ledger. <laughs> they'll, they'll hand and, it to and him. They, what a <laughs> joke! Lifetime they achievement they did, award. That's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think.
2: I mean, they need the it the first uh, national champion to or excuse me the first uh, yeah runner up to not make it to the tournament uh, the year after. <laughs> Um, right. so it's kind of insane especially returning <laughs> but um yeah I, I just think maryland duke obviously i mean like like for the reasons I mentioned you're never going to see them in the acc big 10 challenge uh unfortunately under even shire um so just being able to to beat a team like duke to go to the Sweet 16 or go to the elite eight yeah that would be uh chef's kiss
0: for the future scheduling um the way that this was asked um i want texas I enjoyed the Texas and football and I want, think it'll be a fun little rivalry. You know, they took Kevin Durant out from under our nose back in the day and it's a big name and still a team that you probably could beat most years anyway. Um, I think that would be a big enough draw for the fans because that's always a part of it to actually get people to go to the building. It's a big time name. Uh, but this year, um, I want a rematch. I want UCLA back. I want the, the fish that got away. Oof. I, I do not oh, care, yeesh. bro undefeated at home we got we're
1: not talking about bruno man that's the laws i don't want to talk about we got destroyed
0: by michigan the first time and we revenged it we got destroyed by ucla and we have not gotten to avenge that i think it would be fun now i don't want to see him weekend one don't get me wrong don't get me wrong. (laughs) i'm not that confident but if we win one or two games and end up against ucla that will be my dream scenario
1: yeah, remember that happened at Xfinity in front of us.
2: Right? I
0: understand, <laughs> yeah. Fred. That's but that's it's it's the one that got away, and I think that that motivation okay. from that team that's fair. could make things happen that aren't supposed to, and we could end up on a line we weren't supposed to be on.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't think this is the same Maryland team that they they were back in December and that UCLA that's lost. True. So I could see Maryland playing better, but um, and I know UCLA—they're coming off that four-point uh road win against Colorado today, and I'm not even going to bring up the fact that I had a minus seven. So, um. <laughs> But yeah, I think that uh, they're just a really tough team. Like, I think there's kind of like a handful of teams in my mind that I think, you know, can, can really win it this year. Uh, UCLA is kind of still yeah, second weekend. That, I want that, to see with the in the second
0: that, weekend, but <laughs> that, way it yeah, way. Yeah. that way it doesn't matter.
2: Yeah, I think, that's fair. I think it'd be a good matchup. Yeah, obviously. And then, you know, you get them again next season, too. Yeah, right. I'd just be happy Absolutely. to see if they're in our division. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Give me some hope. <laughs> so after this,
1: this this crazy week and a half of uh, success, the big blunder against uh, Nebraska, where do you think this team is? Should they be ranked? Will they be ranked? Do you even really want them to be ranked at this point? Uh, is it really even critical that the team is ranked?
2: Um, No. I mean, to me, it doesn't make a huge difference. They should definitely be ranked. Uh, I'd probably have them in the 18-19 range. That's kind of what my expectation is, and it's kind of what I already rewrote wrote in my article so just we'll see we'll see if i call it if not hey, I, I, have, I have the edit You'll have to change uh, a number so. or not post it as they've been making us <laughs> not the number every week <laughs> how but, many weeks uh, you had this yeah. article written <laughs> <laughs> no, i wrote that one this afternoon but uh yeah i mean i, I definitely uh I definitely think this the team should be ranked. Um, it doesn't do anything for me in the sense that it's not like, oh, like great, like this is a, you know we, we need to sell sell the papers on it or anything like that. I think it's more of you know at this point it, you know it's all about seating and whatnot. And I think it's more about the eye test. Uh, it just kind of with with March right around the corner. Um, but yeah, I, I think this team definitely, especially after the Purdue game, I think that they that they will be.
1: I think they should be one hundred percent. But do you think the team cares? Do you think it's like it's a sense of pride? Um, or do you think it's a chip that it gives? I them think only the not, other direction. Exactly. That's that's my yeah. thing.
0: Should they be ranked? Yes. Will they be ranked? I'm not sure. Do I want them to be ranked? Absolutely not. I don't want them to get ranked ever. I want them to get <laughs> under seeded in the NCAA. I want us to be like a nine or ten seed and just make these guys pissed off the whole time. Like, niner in there? <laughs> do I hear a niner? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, a walkie talkie. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I do not want. I want them to be underdogs forever. I just, I just, I think this team just wants it and needs it. And I don't know yeah. if they know they need no. it, but I, I want it to stay that way. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and I don't think, and I, I think I misspoke, I think I said after the Purdue win, I think I, I meant after the, the Northwestern win, yeah. um, but I, I think obviously just with with Maryland kind of getting there, no, I don't think that, that Maryland needs that validation, I do always think it's interesting how Willard is so conscious and so published, publicly conscious about the net rankings and quad one wins and whatnot, so I think that that's always kind of uh, fun to watch, but um, He's just I, I think recruits. more of it... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's very true. Very true. But uh, I think it's more more about you know seating at this point. Um, I, I, I've seen a lot of people have Maryland as a eight seed. Some some as a seven. I think Maryland maybe kind of is making an argument, especially if they win the last two, that they they kind of jump a seed line there, or two. Yeah, we lose right.
0: <sighs> on you know, the Big Ten in the road. That's when we, we lose the 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 neutral site games. We actually did pretty well, other than a terrible first half against Tennessee. We would be have a really good neutral site record i mean we beat miami we beat providence tennessee again we laid an egg in the first half absolutely destroyed them in the second half and came up just three points short so the the, the we were talking about a neutral floor we are not talking about flying to iowa and staying in a two-bit hotel and having three hundred thousand to no teeth locals breathing on us that's not where we're going <laughs> wow all
1: right <laughs> Uh, so we talked a little bit earlier about with uh, the Juju and Matt's question about him potentially hitting the portal and the NBA and not being here next year, all that stuff, right? So I wanted to talk to you about obviously today being senior day, right? Five seniors were recognized in today's win. Um, I wanted to see like what the chances, what you guys thought about the chances of this team, these guys actually moving on, who might actually come back, who's who's exhausted all of their eligibility and has no opportunity to come back. Because uh, I think that might be some questions that I think some of the fans out there may have, is who really could potentially be back and and, and want to commit to another year under Willard in this program?
2: We got Leon Ahmed first.
0: Yeah. Who's got eligibility
2: left? <laughs> I think uh, Emilian's the only one that wouldn't have eligibility left. Oh, okay. um, so Dante Dante Scott, Jameer Young, Keem Hart, um, they would have another season. Um, I think it's most likely that uh, I, I would venture to say Heart is the most likely to come back because I, I think Jameer. I think Jameer is the, the prime guy where you, you kind of look at him and you, you know, he's kind of like Armando Baycott, where you you just, you, an would incentivize a return. And yeah, the NIL package would be huge, but yeah, it would be something where, you know, it, it could potentially uh bring him back for one more season. Now, there's been no shortage of NBA talent that's come through College Park. I think. Today uh, or Sunday, um, the, the Brooklyn Nets were in attendance for the win over Northwestern, and you know a lot of these home games, you've had eight, nine, ten scouts uh, on hand, so um, the the interest is definitely going to be there. Uh, I mean, he was very intent last year on you know when, even when he committed to Maryland, hey, I'm going to Maryland if I uh, decide I'm going to do one more year in college. So um, I think that might be a little bit tougher, and I, I don't can't say that I really have my hopes up too much on Dante Scott. Obviously, he. I don't know what the, the his pro potential is, what his outlook is right now. Um, so maybe he's another guy that you know, with, with NIL that that could incentivize his return. But um, I would kind of view Hart as as probably most likely, and uh, don't see Don Carey uh, don't don't really see that one happening. But that's a mutual
1: parting of ways there, probably.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I don't I don't know about that. Just I think he was, he was another guy, kind of like Jameer, where he just wanted to to kind of go pro. And I, again, I don't know what the opportunities will be. I mean, all kinds of opportunities internationally and whatnot. But yeah, um, just don't know that I feel super great about you know another season out of him.
1: Well, I will say it, in regards to Jameer, real quick. I know Rudy. Uh, <laughs> Said after the game, he tweeted. He said after the game, I told Jameer he could be preseason Big Ten Player of the Year and maybe win the Koozie Award if he came. He gave us one more year. Talked about building a legacy here like Gravis Vasquez, and he smiled and said, "We'll see." Hey, Rudy. Yeah. He didn't rule it out. Rudy, can you help me out with a bag real quick? I, I got some luggage <laughs> I need. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I mean, that would be uh, the, the icing on the cake <sighs> is getting somebody like that back again to be able to kind of I know these guys that are coming in the freshman class are super exciting, but to have a couple of uh, a, a guy like that, a leader like that, to kind of Show them the ropes and kind of soft play them in where they don't have to get minutes right away. Significant minutes, I think, would be crucial to this team. The question also comes into
0: the total number of scholarships. Like if we're assuming Juju's back, yeah. how many spots would we even have to try to incur- entice these people back? Um, that's another big question. So yeah. you can't you can't just get them all back if you want them all back because there's just not going to be room. You're bringing people in. But having Hart no, back, gonna... having and having Young back would be awesome. Awesome. I mean, right. you know, Dante, I'm yeah. not, it's not going to be upsetting at all, but uh, to see the steps that they've taken. And I believe Hart has been the most consistent person since, you know, January for on this on this squad. But again, if he doesn't have the pro prospects, maybe you can make most money sitting right
1: here in College Park. And I fully uh, support that fully. All right. And last question that I wanted to get before we move on to football, because we got some things to talk about with the football squad uh, again, it's, it's been a, a magical year uh, at Xfinity this year. 10-0 and in Big Ten play. Talked about it a lot. Top three home games this year for you guys. I think the the three that we're all probably going to consensus say are the top three would be the Illinois' win early in the year was a big win. Obviously, the game versus Purdue, uh, and then this game versus Northwestern. It's just where do you seed those threes, more than likely the three, right? Or am I missing something?
2: Um i I I might go uh the Michigan game just because I think the fans were kind of fired up with Hunter Dickinson coming back and whatnot um and the atmosphere was really good for that but yeah I mean the Illinois atmosphere was really good uh even the UCLA atmosphere obviously was really good obviously I'm not gonna put that in there because the loss <laughs> but um yeah, yeah it was good for the first I mean, three minutes <laughs> yeah uh, I just think you know just just kind of with with the, the that kind of packed atmosphere where it you know, just feels like a classic Maryland basketball game. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, no, no, no arguments, but I'd probably put Michigan in that, in that top three and then have that with, uh, with Purdue Northwestern.
1: Yeah. I'm trying to go not recency bias because I will say I was buzzing pretty high today, leaving that uh, that's that arena. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I still think the Purdue game again. Just the obviously having the court storm, um, the the electricity that was going around, the hype beating leading up to that game. You wanted it to be against a number one team, but it ended up being a number three team. So if I had to seed them, I would put Purdue one. I would put Northwestern a close two, and then I would put Illinois three. It'd be my top three.
0: Well, now I'm just confused why we're having this argument because I started this argument on, on text message with Fred is why it became a topic and you just listed my top three. So yeah, Purdue, <laughs> number one. Absolutely. Um, only because I didn't go to this Northwestern game with you. I think that I would put Illinois personally as number two there. Um, but on from looking at it, you know, through your eyes with the videos you posted and through the TV and things I like, I think it may yeah. have been better than Illinois in reality, but you know, I wasn't there. So I'll take our yeah. our awesome seats on the glass in level two again <laughs> Illinois when we were still undefeated and thought we were gonna win every game this year. You know, that's a pretty good spot <laughs> yeah. to be at. Um right. so that's that was uh the beginning of our delusions. <laughs>
1: and the hype we, around we that a team bit at that point against illinois i mean what we were eight no at the time and i think illinois was the first big 10 test of the year right and then they were ranked at the time we thought man if they can win this game this team is completely yeah. different than we ever imagined that they could be uh so yeah i mean when it you, was uh when it, you look it at it that way that it's
0: the like the the when you're leaving the expectations you have for the team are higher after both the Illinois and Northwestern game that I believe they were after the Purdue game, because the Purdue game, we still saw like future hurdles that we had to take on. We still saw yeah. the, the possibility of falling right now. You know, of course, there are they are road games. <laughs> we have lost at Penn State a lot, even when they are terrible compared to us. Um, so there's there are definitely still hurdles. But it doesn't feel like they're hurdles right now. After that game, it feels like we need to coast out to two wins here. So it's definitely the two high points in expectations for the team were early when we thought we were just a world beater. And now when we're like, oh, my God, we're getting hot at the right time. This could actually happen. (laughs) Right.
1: But uh, I'm a great point too. the Michigan game, Hunter Dickinson. We all wanted to stick it to that guy. Right. (laughs) So the fact that they played as good as they did in front of a very good crowd for that game, that's that's right in there with that conversation, too. Um, But let's look. Let's move on. Let's talk a little football. Uh, As you mentioned earlier, I guess we're about a month out from the spring uh, kicking off. We asked, they listen. No more ticket price excuses. Ryan, you kind of alluded to it earlier. There are now $99 upper ticket season ticket packages. You have zero excuse as ticket prices being a, a an obstacle as to why you're not there. $99 you can get into the stadium for every home game this year. And like you said, turn around and make a profit on the games that you don't want to go
0: to. And through. they're honestly pretty good. Like our buddy Brendan Richardson just bought his family season tickets there. They the ninety-nine dollar ones that he bought started at row J. I mean, that's not that high into these these upper decks. Yes, the nosebleeds of the upper decks are a very strange place to be. You have a better view of the Washington Monument than a game. But there are plenty of great seats until you get to those top two or three rows. Um, that should just be cameras, I guess, up there.
1: I don't know what the- um, let's let's be honest though. The most of those people are going to be in the upper deck, except for Ohio State, Penn State, and and Michigan. Most of those people are going to be sitting in the lower bowl anyway. They're
0: all just going to fill in around. That's just fine. Go ahead.
1: Yes. I mean, it will be
0: really upsetting to me if all of a sudden, like now, you're like like Secret Service police checking tickets every section because we let people in here. Just let it be. That's true. You know, if somebody's got a problem, somebody's in their seat, check their tickets and have them move. But unless that, unless that's happening, don't worry about it go out make your make your money stand up at the top of your jello jacket and hang out
1: <laughs> what's your take on the uh, the package Ahmed? i think it's a smart move for the for the program
2: yeah obviously you know just kind of being able to to kind of pack the house and whatnot um uh, i think from a financial perspective obviously you know maryland's able to make that money back in concessions and whatnot and i think just the focus just needs to be you know just just building the the atmosphere uh like we have for basketball uh building that for football um and then you know the the average casual fan that you know isn't always incentivized to come back on saturdays says hey last time i was there i had fun and you know it makes it you know a little bit more likely that they come back for a return visit so yeah i love it um and like we said you know this is exactly what what fans wanted um to kind of kind of giving what the fans want um yeah smart 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 move on my part on their part excuse
0: me hopefully the team gets a few more later games because they're better and they got you know the big name quarterback back and everything else and now i even heard that damon evans said they're getting new lights for the stadium so that brings into the yep. account you know all the fancy yeah, things exciting. they can do with lights nowadays with the different shows and things so uh it could really change i mean we saw what that screen has done to just absolutely change the experience what the shell entrance has done to change the experience so those new lights could Stead it off to the next level, really help with the pyrotechnic versions and things to get the fans excited. You know, all the things we loved about about basketball, get get something
1: fan engagement. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but then in the not so good news with the football team, uh, we did lose uh one of our one of our stall guards on the offensive line, Mason Lunsford announced he will be entering the transfer portal. Uh, this kind of got some mixed reactions amongst the fan base, some say it was a big loss. Some say he was mid, kind of easily replaceable. Uh, it, to me, unquestionably, a difference maker last season when he was in the lineup. So I think, personally, this is a big loss. You never want to lose a starter on your offensive line. I don't care if he's a mid or if, if you could go out and fill that hole through the transfer portal. portal. You don't know how that transfer portal is going to work out. You know what Lunsford adds to this team, and he's already familiar with the offense the way it is. So t- to me, this is a big loss.
2: Yeah. And I mean there were kind of some rumblings about it last, last during the season and whatnot. Um, nothing, you know, crazy or whatnot. But yeah, I mean it was obviously a big, big loss. Uh guy he started two seasons now. I, I don't know why an average fan would would look at it and say, Oh, you know, it's fine, whatnot. Because um, he had a few uh, false starts and it just stuck into their head. But yeah, it's a huge loss. Yeah.
0: It's a huge loss. Right. Yeah. Get over yeah. the fact
2: he had a few false starts. <laughs> That's Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think I think it's a, it's a pretty big departure. I think obviously, Maryland had to replace uh, Jalen Duncan, Spencer Anderson, Jahari Branch. So, um, you know, you're only returning D.J. Glaze as a surefire starter, Colton Deary's, uh Eric Harris. Obviously, both those guys have started. Emilio Moran, guys, got a lot of experience. So, we'll uh, be we'll be interesting to see how this offensive line kind of shapes up this spring. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, they they're definitely getting thinner. I mean, it, so. Do they add more beef, you think, through the portal? Is that an option? Is there still yeah. obviously there's gonna be a scholarship now open with him being gone. So yeah. do you I think, think that'll got, be their immediate
2: look, I guess? I think I think it's three scholarships open right now. So yeah, I think okay. you know, you find find a guy. I think it's kinda of interesting. I think a guy like Corey Bullock, obviously, you know, he, he can play guard, but I think it'll be interesting to see if maybe he ends up moving to center, Millie Moran plays guard, or Mili Moran just you kind know, of comes in to play guard. And, you know, it, it'll be kind of interesting to see if Maryland ends up looking, you know, if they do look for guard or center, and then Corey Bullock kind of moves around and whatnot. So I think, you know, interior line, I think that there's kind of some possibilities there. But yeah, I do definitely see that, see Maryland kind of looking looking for uh, for another lineman going into the fall. So what would, they, you would they, do like that that they do with Colton Deary?
1: If They, That's if what they, they, say, they do have three centers right now with Deary, Eric Harris, and uh, Moran. They yeah. have three centers, so they can slide those guys around a guard for sure. Yeah, or or
2: Deary doesn't start. Right. Sounds that would be surprising
0: See. to me. <laughs> I mean, you know better than I do, but my man was built different than the freshman I've seen, and he, for when he did get out there as a young boy, he was playing well, but hey, if we got a better well, option, thanks. we got a better option. <laughs>
2: I, I I just think I think right now, I mean, I I think that, you know, he will start uh, like that's is my expectation. Do I see a scenario where Maryland goes out and they find a center or they find a guard? And then if they find a guard and, you know, maybe maybe Corey Bullock's a guy that moves inside and Amelia Moran slides in, you know, I think I think there could be some combos there. So um so we'll see. I do think Colton Deary. I think he's a guy that, yeah, you know, he he came in. I think this this offseason, I think this spring is really, really big for him, uh, just kind of, um you know, getting in shape and, and kind of being able to claim complete control of the starting job. Cause I do think right now it, it is pretty much a toss up right now between him and Eric Harris. Um, so to, it, we'll, we'll see, but I do think Maryland will be kind of active, uh, of the market during the, 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 may window, uh, see if there's a possible replacement there. Colton, well, put your
0: nose to the grindstone, man. We got to get some yeah. work out there. You what know? well, did that
1: work, man? For sure. <laughs> we saw I mean our cross player I, do it last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, I I really do think the Lunsford loss is big. Uh, and it's not just me that feels like that that this th- that Lunsford can bring a lot of value. I mean, when you look at the offers that he's getting. Arkansas and Enos, obviously being there now, put an offer in for him. Charlotte with Pogi, he's down there, put an offer in for him. LSU put an offer out for him. It's fucking LSU. So, I mean, it's not just us that sees the value and what Mason Lunsford brings. There's other programs out there. And obviously guys that have left the program or related to the program know his value too.
0: Yeah, that's how you judge the transfers is if they go to a school that you go, oh, like, and so if he goes to LSU, he upgraded. I'm sorry, guys. We're not there yet. Like it's,
2: uh, t- t- yeah, it's I mean, a loss.
0: When it does that.
2: Pa- Power Five schools are going to take a long, long look at uh, a guy with multi years of experience as a starter at the Power Five level. Um, so yeah, uh, it's not not a surprise to me that he's going to land at uh, another Power Five school. So um, so we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. But um, I think Maryland, obviously. I mean, Gatley, uh Corey Bullock. Excuse me, uh, DJ Glaze. I think all these guys, um, really, really good. Uh, I think all, all of them. I mean, you're you're probably talking about two, maybe all three of them are going to the NFL next year. Um, and that's after sending three offensive linemen to the NFL this year. So, um, definitely, definitely some pieces to work with. I just think kind of how it all, all mixes together and whatnot. I think we kind of remains to be seen. Well, speaking of the NFL and Terps headed to the
1: NFL, right? So there's been a lot of buzz around some Terps with the combine coming up and with preparations for the combine, specifically the wide receivers have stood out. A lot of guys are talking about just how fast the Terps wide receivers have been and how they've been timing most notably to me, Jacob Copeland, who obviously there was a lot of hype with him tr- coming in from Florida, just didn't get a whole lot of run, just didn't get a whole lot of opportunity while he was in here. But they're saying that he could end up clocking around a four two time. I knew he was quick, I just never thought that he would be in the four twos, right? But that he's also training with Anquan Bolden. Now, I'm a Raven fan, so I got to see Anquan Bolden up close. Anquan Bolden was not a speed guy. He was a physical guy who used his body and his strength to his advantage, right? If you can combine that, which Copeland can be that guy, Copeland's built like a man too. He's got strength, right? If he can be that physical receiver like an Anquan Bolden and yet test at a 4 2 type speed, look the fuck out, NFL. <laughs> this guy could be special.
2: Yeah, I think I'll always think of Jacob Copeland as the guy that should have done more at Maryland. And it's not because of like his ability. I just think that he didn't get used enough. Uh, I think right. that he's going to be a guy that he goes to the NFL and he's going to flourish. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm not entirely surprised by that. Uh, and yeah, I think it was what, uh, what Matt, millen or what was it one of the, one of the twitter guys that i was talking about the the speed between the receivers and then deontay banks and whatnot so um yeah definitely definitely impressive uh, i'll be kind of interested to see where uh which receiver ends up getting drafted first yeah the deontay Banks stat i saw that was most eye eye opening was one receiver over 50 yards in his career at maryland
0: like i don't know how that didn't come across our plates till now i mean it was good but yeah. that's really
2: really good that's i think i think this year i don't think he allowed a reception over 30 yards still
0: yeah right Right. this year
2: was the first time that was over 50
0: yards against him it was um marvin harrison jr over at ohio state so you know
1: some schlub he's you know some bum (laughs) (laughs) You also had Dante Demas chirping on Twitter saying, y'all ain't seen nothing yet. And listen, there's there's one thing that I will never question about Dante Demas is his work ethic, right? I think this kid's going to work hard to make sure that he's prepared for the draft. And if he can get back to the Dante Demas that he was prior to that injury, man, this kid is also going to have a good NFL career, a very long NFL career, in my opinion, if he falls into the right system.
0: Hopefully he had that Saquon Barkley knee. You know, year one, it's just not right yet. You're still working back. But right? year two, you Takes look like while. the old Saquon you know so if he looks like the old demas those 5 games we had going on before he went down in the Iowa game in a heap shoot he he, he can make a big name for himself whether it be late or whether it be undrafted it doesn't matter if long as he makes a roster that kind of talent shows back up
2: he'll be on the on the on 64 yeah i agree i think it'll be really interesting to see how his medical check out and what kind of feedback is, he is there but um yeah i i think obviously i think day 3 is probably most likely for him but obviously just kind of the upside there, I think is is still evident. So um, yeah, I'm 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 sure I'm not going to bet bet against them.
1: Now, one of the things that kind of stood out to me, and I wanted to bring up to you about uh, Terps preparing for the draft: Chad Ryland kicking sixty six yarders that doesn't that doesn't surprise me 66 yards for this kid i saw him doing it in practice we saw him doing it up close and personal when we went to charlotte kicking i mean bombs from 60 plus so that doesn't surprise me but what the stat was that surprised me was his current ranking as far as where he rates in the draft with kickers they have him rated as the ninth best kicker going into this draft which that means undrafted like you me. don't
0: get nine kickers yeah. drafted you get three yeah.
1: or four I, I still i still didn't know if he was going to be a drafted guy but ninth
2: i don't know it seemed a little surprising to me i I wonder how much of it will kind of change after comp, comp yeah uh, if if anything will kind of change the combine and stuff like that but yeah i was also kind of surprised i, I noticed a lot two. of sites didn't really have uh <laughs> that's that's i think put it yeah. two right behind the nc state guy
0: that was absolutely mind-blowing yeah. that's that's I don't know. I'm sure I know don't know every kicker in the NCAA, but I don't didn't see any news about many kickers. There was news about the NC State guy, and there was news about Ryland. Like nobody called yeah. out their kickers the biggest
1: weapon they got out of the portal. Right. He put on a show at the senior bowl. I mean, he's never had accuracy issues. The guy can kick from 60 plus with ease. That's NFL. All day long. And if you turn on the <laughs> tape, just... almost all of his misses
0: were uh, not his fault. Like, they were bad snaps, bad holds. There were things that went wrong in the kick. He had a couple that he pushed right, but almost, I would say, two or three of them that were the over 54 yards was a bad snap, a late hold, something weird that threw it off. Like, if you just erase those, take them off the tries and, you know, makes, his numbers are ridiculous. He, he might have missed one field goal on his own accord.
2: So. Right. Yeah. I have a feeling that he's going to end up on a, on an NFL roster, you know, some, some capacity or we'll see him, you know, get, get picked up next season. I just have have a feeling that, uh, doesn't really matter what, what ends up, what ends up happening in, in April with him. Um, but, uh, but we'll, 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 we'll see what the next, uh, next couple months look like for him. I
1: Ryan, I'll let you set this next one up, right Apparently there's a uh, former Terp making a little bit of buzz, uh, on Twitter right now with some of his tweets, but, uh, Wanted to see what your take was on this. guy.
0: Yeah. I mean, so, you know, college football report put out their list of the uh, top 50 college coaches and not surprising. Number one's Nick Saban. This isn't, we're not breaking news here. I mean, this no. has been true for eight, nine, 12 years. Um, so, uh, but what was surprising was our old friend, CJ Dupree um, tweeted this and said, want to be the best play for the best. Cool. It's your coach. No big deal. I would have just kept scrolling. I wouldn't have said anything about it, but I happened to just look in the comments, just see, cause I did find it like, Oh, that's, you know, a little bit of a dig. And, uh, apparently many Maryland fans felt that same way. Uh, we got bye-bye Denver said the locks disrespect is crazy though. CJ, we got Tyler Judd. Oh one, no doubt, but the disrespect on locks is crazy. Uh, I got other people in there with the Terps, you know, the Terps logo, Mr. Locksley slapping it up and down. So, I think people felt some sort of way. I don't know if they should have. Um, I certainly know they shouldn't have commented, um, but I just kind of wanted, since people were talking about it, I want to get your guys' takes on it because I felt some sort of
1: way but was just going to move on with my life. (laughs) I would have moved on with my life, too. I wouldn't even second guess this. I don't think this is CJ throwing any shade towards locks at all, and I really think their problem isn't with CJ. I think their problem was with Locks not being in the top fifty—that they had a disrespect or a, an issue that Locks wasn't even mentioned in the top fifty on this list—I think is what my view of their takes is. It wasn't a CJ shot at Locks. I yeah, got he, you. I could take I, it. Though. I didn't.
2: I I don't I don't view it as a shot at Locks or my own at all. I think it was just kind of you know, talking about Tatum's reputation and whatnot. But um, so yeah, I don't, I'm not gonna lie. I followed CJ day he went in the transfer portal, so. <laughs>
0: We are not Loxley. We are not here for you forever. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. It, it, I think it's just, you know, knowing that they've left on not the greatest terms. And, yeah, I I, I do think that if Loxley was even number 40 on this list and uh, he had posted this, then maybe it wouldn't feel so sketchy. So maybe it is just a random chance event and that nobody should feel butthurt on that. Um, right. Something that can't this- be. <laughs>
1: to say this actually leads to a good hypothetical question because this was actually brought up in our group chat in the thunderdome right ashley owasu uh former lady turp recently tweeted free me along with a highlight clip of her from her umd days right so obviously she hasn't been getting a lot of playing time at virginia tech for a while now since she left really uh, we all know kind of how 10 him. top player here at the with right the she was a huge huge impact here with the terps um so if a player like that leaves but realizes the grass isn't always greener are you open to a reunion would the team be open to a reunion so my hypothetical example what if and believe me this is so <laughs> hypothetical a brandon jennings a chop now remember hypothetical if they were to have left and wanted to come back would you be open to it?
0: So I think the answers are two different things here. First I'll address the women's basketball thing cuz it's where we started with this is we don't need her. Brenda's proven that you will be great in my system. We have all set up. They're always, you know, annually top 10. So your answer there, because people were asking, like in the comments, like "come back, come back, Ashley, we'll t- we'll take you back home." You were great here; you'll be great again. My answer there is no. Brendan Brenda does not need that. That's not where the program is. You don't bring something into something that's not broken. The Terps are not parentally. Terps football are not parentally top ten team. They still need talent at across the board every position. So if that person does come back, if that person is true and contrite that they made a mistake and they realized that there were was not greener on the other side and they are talented come on home we're here this is why in the new world of nil you can't just go off and burn bridges this is why everybody can't just freak out and you know cuss people out and tell them how much of a traitor they are you just have to cry personally in your room and just wait and see what happens because it's, it's, it's it hasn't happened yet but it could happen. It's it's every we have people people playing for four teams in four years. So what what stops right. it from being the same team one of those times?
1: And, and that's why I bring up a Brandon Jennings and a Choppy. These obviously two very impactful players and and had a big impact here and and since they've been gone, right? So names like that, despite how they leave, that's the question, right? Jennings so transferred me, twice
0: I, in one season, off season. Remember, he went to two teams in right. one off season. He could yeah, come back. Right. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think it's all, you know, kind of, you know, case by case. Yeah. I mean, it's case by case, you know, like need on the roster, you know, especially, you know, basketball, where there's only a handful, like impactful scholarships versus football, where, you know, you have 11 starters on both sides of the ball, you know, basketball, if, you know, QTIS will have, for example, you know, we're not Georgetown, you know, we don't need, you know, we don't need to fill scholarships anymore. So we're not going to take him back again because you know even next year, even though we need a center, like we're not we're not going to do that. Um, but you know, football, I think it's possibly more likely. You know, a guy like Brandon Jennings, where you know he left and it was just a kind of a really ugly breakup. T two, um, you know that that those are kind of situations. He's not where, coming no, back. He's really going to drill. No,
0: it's going to jail.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we uh, I don't um, like Daryl Jackson, for example. You know, he's a guy where you know a lot of it was you know, just him being homesick. So yeah, you know, at the end of the day, if, if, you know, he called Maryland and, you know, kind of everything aligned. Yeah. You know, like a guy like him. Yeah. That would be his kind of situation where I say, Hey, Maryland, you know, kind of keep the tire on him. So, um, but it's gotta be, you know, on a case by case basis, especially, you know, when you talk about the portal, especially with DMV, you know, you're always going to have local people, uh, local athletes that, you know, hit the portal that, you know, always kind of looking to come back to the DMV area. Um, so, Never, never, never say never, but, um, you know, it was always, always, always kind of possibilities it's all about that's, need. that's kind
1: of where i lie i i think honestly it really does need to be handled on a case-by-case basis us as a fan it's real easy to say oh my god this guy is a huge player he would be an impact and it's a position of need those kind of things obviously those boxes are checked but i think to me a, a big check mark that would need to come off is how did they leave and was it you know a, a, a graceful bowing out and just think hey a mutual parting ways that kind of thing that's an easy transition back but when you got a guy that leaves a program, talks shit about a program, and puts you know put, puts people on blast, that kind of thing, I don't care how good of a player it is, the ripple down effect that that has on the locker room and his teammates, you have to clear that with the team and with the teammates before First. you even consider bringing it back. In no. my opinion. But if the team that.
0: does clear that, then that is your walking billboard of it is the grass is not always greener on the other side. He this man literally, you know, said, "I'm going out. I'm going to see what's out there." And comes back and says, "What's out there is no good." So there is right. positives on both sides, but could it come back and be a cancer in your locker room? Yeah, or it could stop other people from being like, "I'm jumping ship." You, you, you got to right. weigh these things out. That's why they get paid the big bucks and we talk
1: at microphones for a hobby. <laughs> Uh, I just thought it was a it was an interesting debate that got brought up in the chat room, so I wanted to see what you guys thought was on that. Um, last thing, football. Uh, there's been some some recent hirings with the coaching staff because there have been some vacancies. Ahmed, you want to talk about a little bit of the uh, the additions that we've had over the ca- last couple of days?
2: Uh, yeah, uh, Kevin Tomlin got announced as the uh, new associate head coach, offense coordinator, tight ends coach. I'm uh, still looking over the. Co-offense coordinator, quarterback coach vacancy. Um, safety coach remains a work in progress. Obviously, you know I mentioned Charlie Strong's name, uh, yeah, two weeks ago at this point. Um, you know, I mentioned Josh Gaddis' name on the offensive side uh, about a week ago. Um, so we'll see. You know, it sounds like all of this is still kind of up in the air. It's possible that we we, we get some update on Monday and see that they you know Loxie made some some move over the last forty eight hours or so. Uh, but you know they're definitely running up against the clock. The dead period ends on Wednesday, uh, so prospects are going to be able to visit. Quarterbacks going to be on the move, to checking out places, looking at places, in this sp- and before they probably make their commitment in the spring, early summer. So. um gonna be a lot of catching up to do once uh once uh, once this full staff is finalized and spring ball i think from a roster perspective um you know maryland's in a good spot they have you know they have some time to they can afford to to kind of fill out and make sure there's no real drop off for the 23 season but uh from a recruiting standpoint from a 2024 class um it's definitely definitely approaching that time where it's you know could 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 hamper maryland's success Yeah. And and obviously the Summerlin
1: hiring, I think personally was a, was a slam dunk. I mean, and again, you, you have a guy who has ties to the state of Texas, which we all know the breeding grounds of football players in Texas, right? So if we can start funneling that pipeline here to maryland that's a huge huge win for
2: this team already yeah. owned him I mean, on the he, field
0: why not in recruiting battles you know <laughs> That'd
2: be yeah. great. and and I, I mentioned this on the side i mean between you know texas obviously and then cali you know even at arizona yeah. uh, he, he recruited cali a lot and i kind of view both both states as the same maryland views florida you know you're gonna after obviously you're gonna try for you know the the elite the ki- top kids in those states um you know you're always going to shoot your shot and good luck telling Mike oh, actually no but you you understand that you know those states are just like Florida where just like the DMV where there's a lot of talent that kind of gets overlooked and you're kind of able to say okay especially with conference expansion where you know you're adding UCLA USC to the Big 10 um and you know we'll see what happens down the line but you know your brand name expands with that um so being able to kind of capitalize on that and kind of expand your market share uh essentially your recruiting territory uh yeah that's definitely Definitely, kind of where where Summerlin helps Maryland in that regard. Ryan, any thoughts on the Summerlin hire? Yeah, I mean, I think Summerlin
0: was a good hire. Um, I am interested the co offensive coordinator title when there's no other co yet. Is it co Loxley? Is it co yet to be announced? Is it co me? Am I getting it? Is it me? I, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> so um, that's interesting. Still, yet to be seen. There are clearly rumors, um, but we'll have to see what happens. I think it depends on whether the person that they want to fill that position will sit in there and take the co or if it ends up not getting that higher and they have to fill that with somebody else that already exists. I'm not sure how that's going to end up. Um, But I, I, I am happy with the direction it's going. I think that they're, they're filling the coaching hires as needed. Of course, I and we've lost big names over the offseason, so I'm not going to do a cartwheel. It's not like we're, we're replacing Joe nobody with great hires. We're replacing good people with good hires. I mean, I didn't love what Eno's did, but he ran Loxley system and, you know, he knew Loxley system. So it's not going to be right. as easy to replace as we all felt it was. And uh, the guy I thought was going to do it is now in Charlotte, so you know,
1: we'll right. see. But I'm as happy as I can be without Mike Miller still being here. <laughs> Gotcha. Like I said, I, I think it was a slam dunk hiring in this situation that the Terps were in. So I'm looking forward to it. We'll see what happens over the next few days. When, like you said, Ahmed, when things actually become official and who is in and who's not in um, last two things I want to, to close out the show. Uh, I saw on Twitter, some people mentioning it. Now I don't listen to the radio broadcast. Cause obviously I was at the games, Uh, i did johnny johnny holiday has been uh missing in action the last couple of days and i know a lot of people on twitter were concerned wanted to know what was going on i couldn't find anything on it ahmed do you have you heard anything about johnny
2: i i I just saw something earlier today that said he he has the flu so um okay i don't know what what his return is i know Maryland plays on wednesday so we'll see we'll see if he's back for that i can tell you or anything I can tell okay. you, as someone that has listened to today's games, I was driving
0: around, going to kids' birthday parties, and <laughs> filling, <laughs> having Fred and Buddy fill up the seats. Um, I really realized. I mean, we, you know we've we've talked about Johnny multiple times. Like he is an absolute treasure. We know he's in, like, just such a staple at Maryland. Just hearing his voice makes you like have all the memories of all the good things that have happened over the years. You know, it's the it's the you know him and Scott Van Pelt just. Just bring these thought processes of all the good games over the years, all the great things that have happened at Maryland. They are tied to. So the guy that was on the radio today, he was good at his job. Like at first, I'm like, God, this guy's terrible. Then I'm like, I'd like check myself. I'm like, he's actually really good. But I want Johnny Holiday here. Like this, like I, it's just not Johnny Holiday. That's why I'm judging him so hard. Is like you're not giving me the feelings that I get when I listen to the radio. Like sometimes I, I don't like watching the tv broadcast i actually enjoy when i'm driving home from work and have to listen to it on the radio just because it's just such an emotional you know boost to hear his voice and all the things he's been tied to so i mean i wish johnny well no matter what's going on um of course the flu is the flu until it's not the flu especially at someone his age like that can be a real problem so if it is the flu i still wish you the best of luck and prayers out and hope you uh you know get back on the mics when you can because uh it's yeah man it's so great to have you around i know that anytime you can just hang it up and decide to be done i'm surprised that he didn't during these dark years of maryland terrapin sports for both basketball and football um so every every time that we hear him on the radio is a treasure and just realize that
1: yeah uh absolutely i mean i think you covered everything uh all of our thoughts well wishes to johnny hopefully he gets better soon uh and we hear him back on the mics because it's uh we miss him miss his voice uh and then the last thing man this was uh exciting news big for the shout program out to the latest <laughs> yeah man big for the program shout out to the latest lady turp basketball commitment another McKenney makes it official
0: yeah, that took a lot of stress off our boy Ellis' plate. I mean, you know, it was not no surprise. He told us it was, it was most likely happening. It looks like the Terps for a while. Um, but, you know, that top four had a couple other Big Ten teams in it, so it was going to hurt even more if it went wrong for us. Um, so, you know, he was pushing the whole way, and it was good to have it done. He let us know in you know, about 24 hours before the announcement came <laughs> out, sent me the photo over. I um, know, uh, yeah, we asked to have her on the show. He said he's got to get her media train before he can let us have her. So someday down the line i'm sure we'll have be having another uh mckinney as a shell and tell insider
1: <laughs> yeah man congratulations to ava congratulations to the whole mckinney family and congratulations to brenda freeze man they've got a hell of a player coming Six in there two and, uh,
0: wing for the philly rise yeah. she is she is a player this is not just you know you know keep it in the family you're a you know whatever they call it a legacy <laughs> at the terps right she's a player absolutely
1: well, we appreciate you guys tuning in as always. I uh, know this was a long show. We had a lot to get caught up on, but uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we're going to try to do the mailbag more and more. I say this every week, but we are going to try to do the mailbag more. We need more. your so help you to do it have, more. <laughs> we do. So if you have any questions at all that you ever want to hear us talk about on the show, make sure you send them to us on social media. You can follow us all at, at Shell Tell Pod. You can follow Ahmed at Inside Black and Gold and at Gafir the Turtle. Follow Ryan at TerpsBSpert. Follow me at Fred FredBLBS. Uh, and if you're not subscribed to Inside Black and Gold by now, I don't know what the hell you're doing. Get out there and sign up because uh, a little bit of information that we give you here, it's folds what you'll get on Inside Black and Gold. So make sure you're subscribed. Yeah, he keeps the Ryan? handcuffs on us. We got to keep the rest behind a paywall. <laughs> That's right, yeah. We push the limits.
0: We, we push do. the limits of what, he, we, what he'll say. I'm sure we're going to get <laughs> but, a lecture after this, guys. So we're already, <laughs> I'm
1: sure. I'm sure. <laughs> The so Ryan, side us off, man.
0: All right, guys. It's big time of year. Unlike usual years, we are getting better going into March. That is a good change to have. We got two more big tests out here. Road games. These dreaded road yeah. games. But if we can take care of business, there are big things in store. So let's get out there. Let's make the road games home games. Does anybody want to get bus trip together to Penn State? Because that's going to be the biggest trip up for me. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Till next time, guys. Here's the witching. All is well under the show.